Welcome to Highly Political, a podcast where two passionate ladies smoke weed, talk politics, laugh, and sometimes cry. With special guests from the world of comedy, cannabis, and politics. We haven't worked on Capitol Hill, but that's okay. We're paying attention, and so should you. We want you to be informed, like little democracy angels. So pack your bowl, grab some snacks, and let's get into it. And remember, when they go low, we get high. Today we're smoking grape ape, an indica dominant hybrid. Grape ape gets its name from its fruit-like aroma. It provides carefree relaxation and anxiety relief. It has a high THC level, which makes it relatively strong, but not overpowering. Probably good for Sam, because bitch cannot handle potency. Our guest today is Shanae Finley from Sharanya House. She is a meditation and yoga teacher based in Los Angeles who uses cannabis in her practice. She's also a birthing doula. We are so excited to have her here and her calming energy, because no one needs it more than us. All right, T, light it up. Mm. Mm. Is it burning or running a little bit? Here's the lighter. Grab it for me. Shanae, we're so excited to have you with us today. I'm very excited to have learned in our uh, pre-podcast conversation that Shanae and I are both Scorpios. So y'all get ready for some Scorpio fire. Some fire energy. I'm not surprised that you guys are both Scorpios. You just got that vibe about you. All my friends now are into astrology. Like all, all of them. I'm, I'm not so into astrology as much as I'm into learning about Scorpio stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm so gonna into be astrology honest. as I'm into much myself. into myself. <laughs> no, I mean not into myself, but into you know like discovering the things. And again, you know whatever you believe about astrology, if it's real or not. But I feel like a lot of the stuff that I read about Scorpios. Um, tend to be true about myself <laughs> my friends use the pass the time passages app do you oh, guys know what that is one of my coworkers just signed me up for that and you have to know the exact time that you were born and i texted my mom and she said 3 59 a.m and i was like i'm pretty sure i don't think that was the exact time because i feel like I, when i if i read that on when my birth- you when you were birthed you were well, like i feel like <laughs> i remember <laughs> I feel like 3.59 is a very like distinct time that if you had seen on your birth certificate, you would remember that. And I feel like uh, I'd looked at it, and then my friend would try and argue with me, like, your mom knows when you came out of her. But apparently, even a minute off on that thing, like, adjusts a lot of the information it gives you. That's hard for me. That's just, like, a hard concept for me to get into. All my, like, they, my, like, my friends, like, signed me up for it. They're like, Sam, want to do your time passages app? I'm like, okay, sure. And they, they're more, much more into it than me. Mm. Like, I don't know what my like what a Capricorn rising moon means. Mm. Do you? That's the LA intro. I feel like it's not. <laughs> what do you do? It's, what's your sign? What's your rising sign? Yeah. What's your rising sign? <laughs> what's the other one? Do we know? It's rising. It's like moon, new moon. I don't know. I signed up for the app the night we were at the party, and she read me some shit, and then it keeps sending me notifications, but I'm not reading them. So I downloaded it to appease my friends, and then as soon as they left my house, I deleted the app. <laughs> I felt bad because, <clears throat> excuse me, all of us were signing up for the app and getting all of our information. And one of our other coworkers was like, oh, yeah, here, sign me up. And she hands the, the phone to the one girl. She's like, ooh, you have a droid? Yeah, they don't have the app for its droid. Didn't say that in your chart, <laughs> did you? Yeah, if you want to know your chart, you better get an iPhone. I once had a teacher who told me that I was a typical Aries. Hmm. Which I do a lot. I do. I say a lot of things before I think about them, which I think is a trait. I'm like pretty brash. I don't know much about Aries. Wow. I'm looking for validation over here. I don't know anything else about anyone else's sign, but your own. 
What is the Scorpio's biggest trait? Like, what are you, what's the Scorpio known for? Passion. Passion and mysterious. Yeah. yeah. What? Okay, since I know you don't know about other signs, but I just want a quick, quick question. Gemini, aren't they supposed to be mysterious? Oh, I or love they're. Sam, what is that? Oh, I put I put a timer on, but I didn't mean to do that. What the fuck? Oh, you put a timer, not a stopwatch. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put a t- All right, let and me. And that was oh. before she even smoked. Shay, I do want to thank you. Oh, I meant to pass the joint. <laughs> I'm already high. I do want to thank you for being our only guest who's brought us rosé. I mean, that was really beautiful. When he came in with that bottle, I was like, okay, Rosé, all day. You hear that, Nick Verdiana and Noah? <laughs> Noah, I know that you're across the country, but a basket would have been nice. And since those are all Sam's friends, I'm going to allow her to razz on them. And I'll just say, I appreciate you coming by and being on the podcast. <laughs> I know, seriously. You you're... deserve Rosé. Mm-hmm. I got work later, drinking Rosé, smoking a blunt. <laughs> gonna be fucked up okay so um first i would like to talk about the 2020 candidates damn i think i'm gonna stop you that's from smart smoking that's smart Shanae, would you like some more no okay i'm gonna take one more hit for the Usually, team yes but i'm into tiana being my weed mommy <laughs> i'm not a pusher okay i look out for people because then they're never going to, if they get too high they're never gonna want to smoke with you again what is the first sign of like uh-oh sam's too high um, when the ease at which you take the joint with caution, yeah, like, <laughs> like she, like she's not paying attention. She just like just automatically reaches up for it as like I'm done smoking, and then I'm like, okay, now it's time for her to like slow down. Especially as you start to get into the the conversation, because I know she's gonna be raging. So then she'll be even more apt to just be doing kind of muscle memory, reaching for the joint things, and not realize how much she's actually smoking. You're 100 percent correct. <laughs> you don't smoke indica. Right? I, I'm, I'm a sativa dominant lady. I'm a, I prefer that. Um, so indica, I don't, it hits me a little harder, I would mm. say. Um, and I, I kind of, I don't smoke that much. Like I smoke when we do the pod, like on weekends before bed. <laughs> no, I'm playing, but I, I mean like, you know, I don't, I think, well, here's the thing. When I smoke socially, I don't smoke as much. So like I'm nor it's normally not like three people to a large joint. Right. It's more of just like a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I normally like a couple people, one blunt type of situation. Oh yeah. No, Tiana's like, I'll take the blunt by myself, please. I don't know about by myself. Well, you could, you could handle it. Probably good. Not going (laughs) to lie. Probably good. Um, so yeah, the 2020 candidates, uh, it was our first, our first, our pilot was about them and, uh, things are really cooking up a I bunch thought of for sure by now, like there wouldn't be as many still. It really is multiplying. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are rising to the top that when we first did it, we're like, yeah, I don't know about them. Um, so they're all, they're in Iowa right now because the Iowa caucus is the first kind of breeding breeding ground for the candidates and that happens in february 2020 but i guess they're they're just doing the groundwork now and i think what's really cool about the iowa caucuses is that it's more of a town hall for the candidates Mm. so it's often meetings and things are held at um like vfws and schools and a lot of you know 
the people people go to Des Moines. Yeah, more and community like, type. It's more community, small... which I think is amazing. I wish every state did that. I guess logistically that's just too much, but it just sounds really nice. And so basically every candidate pleads their case. So it's not like they're um, taking hits at each other. They're just, oh, okay. just going they're up. They're just and... telling, you know, the Iowans about themselves and their story, which I think is dope. And Elizabeth Warren is making a lot of headlines. I'm like really liking Warren more and more. Me too. What I mean, yeah. I've, <coughs> excuse me. I've, I've always liked her, but I just feel compared to a lot of people or a lot of the candidates right now. I mean, I like her whole um, tagline. Like, I have a plan for that, you know. And I think she really is one of the few people that will is transparent about what her plan is to do things and how she kind of wants to attack it. Versus a lot of some people, I feel like there's certain like buzzwords or buzz topics that they talk about, you know, typically like cannabis or healthcare or Mm -hmm. things like that, where I haven't heard too much about how they actually have the plan or, or the steps they're going to take to make that an actuality. Mm -hmm. Andrew Yang does for his freedom dividend. I do like Andrew Yang too. Yang gang. Yeah. Yang gang. Who, uh, do you have any like favorable so far? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if she's still in the running. Uh, Marion Williamson. Oh my God, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, that's the <laughs> only person I connect with. I mean, instantly. I mean, I think it's important to bring in like the three main things for me. I love to bring my three C's into everything. So consciousness, community, and compassion. And she's the only person that I felt connected with. And I mean, I she came to the den where I teach my classes, and she even held something as small as you know a panel just to discuss her topics. Oh, wow. And oh. yeah, I mean, it's so simple, but it's so intimate for me, you know. And everything that she brings forward, and she talks about spirituality a lot, and she's a huge author. And I think she's she's doing Oprah's more... like how, like spiritual advisor. Is that wrong or right? Well, Oprah discovered her okay, huh. and like, I guess just clinged on to her after, but I don't know mm-hmm. if she's her advisor, but, um, yeah, just everything she stands for. And I think she's moving with what is society moving with right now, which is consciousness and we're expanding and we're becoming more aware and aware. And I think she meets us where we are as far as that, I think political, Rat races can be completely disconnected. Um, but like she says, she wants to bring the heart or the soul of America back, you know, and we're redefining. It's a very nice sentiment that yeah. like with what's happening right now, like we are, we are losing our heart a yes. little bit, you know, a little, completely. a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, losing <laughs> girls been gone for a minute. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be in the debates, though. I don't think she made the eleven percent or something. But I do think it's an it's an interesting um, thing to think about the, yeah. the a candidate who's focused on consciousness. Yes. And I do think the younger generations are a lot more focused on that. And mm-hmm. like you know, I have young my nieces are six, four, and my nephew's one. And even like the things that my teacher, my sister is teaching them, and the way she communicates with them is so much more about being present and being conscious and. And I think that that's something that the next couple of generations are really going to embody. So I think a candidate like that will have better traction, you know, in the, maybe the next like five to 10 years, like 10 years, 
20 years? I don't well, know. Well, there, there probably will have to be a switch when parents, because we're also plugged in to our, yeah. you know what I mean? That parents, like your perfect sister, will have to make She's not a, perfect, okay? But she is perfect. <laughs> she's close. Perfect. Make a conscious effort to tell her kids to be present. Mm-hmm. It's a nice, I, I love that message. And maybe like another candidate will kind of embrace that in a more like uh, layman, like using practical vocabulary instead. Like, you know, maybe like instead of using consciousness, like connect connecting with one another or heart. But um, I think she does. I mean, if you research her, you'll see all different interviews where right. she connects and meet people where they are. So she goes back to, um, you know, speaking about healthcare and speaking about minorities and bringing the power back within us mm. and how this like country is kind of um what would you say like disease pretty mm. much right now and like we are treating the symptoms but we're never looking at the cause right and she gets to the root of like why we are what we are and we don't look at why education is the way it is which is an institutionalized system based on racism. Mm -hmm. Why politics is the way it is. Why, Why the electoral college exists. Right. It's all about control. Yeah. Um, but I think she connects where we all can connect, which is humanity. And she redefines what it is to be an American for me. Because I was like, wow. I mean, she does empower us and we are open and we should embrace um, asylums from wherever we should be open we should be the land of the free you know where people yeah. can dream and people can have passions but we do have a lot of history and a lot of damage that we have done especially to Native Americans and African Americans and she talks about all of that and which is very good it's nice to fucking hear that yes. from a Canada honestly yes. especially Native Americans yes. yeah they just get fucking chat on honestly we'll just get completely forgot about yeah mm-hmm that was a pretty generalized statement, but I'm just saying, like, it's just like they get, they always get the short end of the stick. Like, there's always a fight for like clean waters on reservations, well, education. Well, it's like, well, every time there's a conversation about immigration and nobody talks about, you know, the yes. first immigrants yeah. to this country, um, it's just like, it just makes me think, again, like you said, Native Americans always are getting the short end of the stick. And just to kind of put it lightly, um, it's disgusting. It's so fucked up. Thing is, too, because. So all these tariffs, right, that Trump is doing, basically they're they're to punish to punish China and Mexico, but we're gonna get fucked from it. Mm -hmm. But the thing about why are you gonna tariff Mexico when the asylum seekers it's not it's not a Mexican problem. Right. Right? I mean they partially it's it's a it's a problem we need to fix. It's for, a global problem. It's a global problem. But they're coming they're not coming from Mexico, right? They're coming from like Guatemala and El Salvador and, and it just, it like, it's such a fucked up way of punishing like brown people, like in general. Well, it's, yeah. Again, it's like, well, I mean, first of all, it's hard to make any fucking sense or reason with, you know, things that Trump does. Car prices are going to go up. If, Everything's like, going to go up because what, who is, tariffs ultimately affect businesses and what they import and what they can then turn around pay their employees what they have to you know charge for their products um with the china tariffs 
things like what was it consumer goods such as cell phones laptops clothing footwear toys luggage cameras sunglasses baby carriages musical <laughs> instruments and kitchen goods so everything we use so pretty much everything, <laughs> everything is, we use well, yeah so 25 percent duties that's all uh 300 billion dollars worth of goods will hit the consumer and it's all probably going to come out right around you know one of the biggest capitalistic times or uh, Christmas. So everybody's gonna be out there trying to buy gifts and shit, but everything's gonna be even more expensive. And they also try to say it's to like force people to, you know, move their companies to the United States. But a lot of the supplies or um, things that they need, they have to import. So then it makes like that all a- the manufacturing parts. Yeah. Like- so the parts. So even if they make everything or do build it in the USA or their company or all their employees, they need to get like steel or other things from China or different places. Mm-hmm. So increasing the prices of those ultimately increase their business or how much they're, you know, they have to spend to, cr- you know, produce the product. So that means they have less budget to pay people. So then they actually have to move offshores to offset that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So it's like, it, but it's, but it's also such an interesting political marketing tool, right? To get up there and say, I'm going to put these tariffs on China and Mexico and kind of and Canada incite that mm-hmm. kind of fear mentality. And so somebody who just, you know, glances at the news or standing in line at the grocery store and just looks at the magazine or newspaper and just sees, you know, this headline, but doesn't do the research to understand what it really means could look at that as something like, oh, look, look, Trump's like fighting for us. He, you know, he's punishing these people who aren't respecting America. And like, you know. It's and just... he's promising jobs, yeah. right? He's promising that Americans will have more jobs when we do these things. So he's trying to attract a certain crowd, which I mean, how many people are actually working in steel right. places, you know? Well, steel, steel workers, yeah, they're one of the benefits. They benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And I forget why, but most most jobs are in like administrative work, yeah. service industry, mm. and I don't, I forget the third, but I, steel workers is not top three. No. Hmm. That's a that's a China tariff too, right? With steel. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like I can't remember the number, but I think it's like over a hundred different companies that are going and advocating to the administration to I not know Best Buy was these, one of yeah. them. Um I think Apple wasn't one that was gonna go in person, but a, apparently Tim Cook is supposed to be sending like a letter talking about it. Trump can't read. <laughs> well. NY Times at a worst case scenario with the cars. And some of the car prices go up by $7,000. I know that's a worst case scenario, but what's like a normal scenario? $3,000? That's a lot of fucking money. I mean, cars are expensive enough already. Cars are so expensive. <sighs> They're such a racket. He's such an idiot. I can't... That interview with George Stephanopoulos... I mean, he's an idiot, but he's not an idiot, right? Because there's there's mm. there's a political gain to it. You know, and I don't think... I don't, I'm not trying to like... And I don't think it maybe it is all Trump, but I mean, the one thing he's been good at his whole entire career is like playing games like this and getting people to buy into something that isn't there, isn't real. Like how many times has he come up with another bullshit company and people are like, Trump stakes in a work, but I'm going to enroll to Trump University, yeah. you know, like I'm going to vote for him and like, fly yeah. on a Trump plane. Like how many times can he fuck up? But he's just good at manipulating people because he, he studies people. Like everybody makes fun about the fact that he watches all these news outlets or is always on Twitter or this and that. But it's like, he's studying people. He knows what people are craving or want and not all people, obviously, but he can sensationalize anything. And it's like, and he, or he can twist the story or twist the conversation. Yeah, his presidency is very performative. Yeah. It's a show. It's fucking, I think it's a term called absurd. Absurdism, 
which means um, to cover for the ideology that would otherwise be rejected as ish- extremists. So mm. he's like mocking they, it because yeah. he's so goofy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or it's like he can't be that bad, but he right. actually is, is. Right. <laughs> you know, his ideas. Yeah, like the only way you could be this bad is if you're just over the top and people are like, oh, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way there's kids in concentration camps in America. No way. <laughs> there is. There's a lot. There's a lot, guys. It's like that like Tartuffe, that Moliere play where that he's just like a, like a big hypocrite and so like terrible that they don't take him seriously. Yeah. And then the, ins- the insidious players, like the Mitch McConnells of it all, and like the Steve Bannons and Koch brothers, are whispering in his ear, right? And he's just a mouthpiece for them. He's also just so I miss Obama, who's so nice looking. Okay, I miss having a hot president. He's enjoying his cigarette with <laughs> Michelle. He really is. <laughs> I do miss Obama. He's dressing like Samuel L. in the '90s too. I do miss Obama, and he, not to backtrack. But since you brought up Obama, um, it just made me think about Biden and how uh, I was telling Sam this the other day. I feel like Obama and Biden, like, you know, when they were together in the White House, I really loved them. I thought they were such a great charismatic duo. Like, Mm -hmm. I would love to have them over for dinner. I wish they were my friends like young, hot Biden. Watch out. And now it feels like a couple that you really loved that broke up. And then you realize that you only liked one and the one person's energy and charm was just so big. It made that other person seem so great, too. But now on their own, you're like, huh, all the things I didn't like about you guys, I guess, was just you. (laughs) (laughs) Not to say Obama, you know, is perfect. I mean, kind of is. But I'm just kidding. But, you know. Uh, He's a lot of bad stuff. I just feel like I don't don't know. I'm just I I think I was really excited about initially about the thought of Biden like running, even though I didn't think it was like the right time. Like, but I thought, yeah, Biden, like well, he's, he totally had, he's running out of time. Homeboy's 76. And now I'm just like, <laughs> everything I see sometimes on the news, I'm just like, Oh, but the thing is though, like, I, I feel like he would imp- like, obviously anybody would be better than Trump. Like a potato. Uh, yeah. And I think he would implement some policies that would be better than, or try to reverse some things that are really happening that are very bad so it'd be a step in the right direction i don't like hate him but i really am just annoyed by him now every every time i you know like i just uh he's just fucking annoying and i'm pissed he's running it's like when i was mad at bernie Mm. i i'm ageist when it comes to the presidency hey i want a safe space let us know ages Yeah, when I, I want really? when it comes to the president, I want I don't want like a want, seventy-eight year old being sworn in. Do you want I don't so, think that represents America. Do you want somebody who's like <laughs> what represents Do you want America? someone who's like seasoned, so like maybe in like their fifties or sixties? Yeah. I'm not looking for like, you know, a thirty eight year old. Yeah, fair. I guess Buttigieg is thirty seven. But I mean whatever. I just I'm I I'm sick of old white dudes being president. I'm sorry. No, that's fair. You that's know, fair. I don't know how else to really not sound like a annoying like millennial or whatever, but I am. I'm sick of old white dudes being fucking president. That's I'll fair. take an old white lady. <laughs> my grandma's, my grandma's kicking. Okay, throw her in there. They got. They're gonna yeah. use some more candidates in um, the mix. Oh my God. <laughs> and now Dottie Minogue coming to the stage. Sammy? Sam's grandma. <laughs> Sammy, are you out there? <laughs> 
but I don't know. Like, and the thing is, his whole thing is he's gonna. I'm so excited for these these primaries. The primary debates are happening June 26th and June 27th. Um, just to see who who goes head right. to head. Mm-hmm. But I just think Biden is gonna just keep talking about Trump. And honestly, I'm sick of hearing about Trump. I want to hear about what the other candidates have a plan for. Right. Give me like your plan on the environment and what you're gonna do. Give me your plan on student loan debt and what you're gonna do. Give me your plan on healthcare. Don't we all know that Trump's policies are shitty and he's taking exploiting uh, dumb dumb people who are his, who love him. You he's know? exploiting he's exploiting like people's emotions. Yeah. I think more than anything, like he finds people he finds out you know what makes people really rageful mm-hmm. or really angry, and he exploits that. And I don't think he really believes the stuff that he's pushing, and maybe some of it. He I does. think at this point he does. I, I think, think he, he believes just everything. Good at he says knowing at this what point. will get you to just get fired up. I think he just can be around somebody long enough, even if he's in these little meetings he has with people, the dumb little things he does to annoy them, where it's like he can pick up on the things that are gonna make you want to fucking pick a table and flip it over. You know what I mean? And like that mo- that type of passion or energy or motion really motivates people. I think it's the concept: is it better to be feared or loved? And mm. I think Trump he represents fear right you know he brings that and that's why i said the the energy of this country needs to change we need to bring back less of fear and more empowering more but we need to be authentic right we just spoke about that and how it lacks that connection and it can be a million candidates but if i don't feel connected to you and you know the things that you are fighting for which should always be about the people you know because i don't know i think if we don't look at the history of what's happening we would never change you know same thing about the symptom versus the cause right we need candidates who are speaking about what is what has happened in america what the foundation of america is and how we plan to change that as a whole because i see and hear all these changes but it doesn't affect my community right you know and i see all these candidates but how many is changing my community well i mean you're right on the the whole picture but there are some things like a lot of criminal justice reform that eric holder and obama did really did help a lot of minorities with prison sentences especially like marijuana laws too so I know I know that you see like as a whole, but we have to, I mean like, we have to be like a little practical and start like little by little. Is there any other candidate that kind of has like a similar message? Since Marianne is probably not going to make. I don't know. Maybe yeah, you ladies. I mean Kamala, Kamala Harris is pretty dope, but I I don't I just like don't see her rising to the top. I think it's just gonna be hard. Again, we talked about this um, first episode. I think it's going to be really hard for a woman of color right now um, to be president of the United States. I just don't think it's the right time. I just think the country, I mean. It depends. I mean, it depends. I just, I just, I don't know. I think we're ready, but I think we need more conversations I think think it's needed. It's easy to get kind of caught up in you know, we're all very like-minded or we talk to people, we talk to people that we have differences with, mm-hmm. but it's not as extreme, I think, differences as there, there, as there is in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the way that the system is currently set up, it will be 
very hard for a woman of color to become the president. If it was based off, again, who was most qualified, what the country needed, what the majority wanted, sure. But unfortunately, we've seen that the majority doesn't rule. And there's there's certain, you know, groups that tend to control things or, you know, do things to maintain control. And I just think that... I'm scared about elections. I'm scared about, like, what Kemp pulled in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Making it harder for people to vote in general, especially if Kamala's top of the ticket. Yeah, it will only ramp up. You know, it's... I don't know. I think... I, and I would love to be wrong. I, I'll be the first to admit like I'm wrong at her. Uh, I can't think of the word right now. I'm a little stone still. I'll be. You get sworn in. Inauguration. Sworn in. Inauguration. Woo. Yeah. Um, I think. But I, I mean, I would love I would love for Kamala. But again, just my experience in this country as a woman of color. I just don't think. I think things are so much is slipping back, you know, specifically with this administration when it comes to. um racism in the country and misogynistic tendencies so i'm just warren does feel sexless to me like i know she's a woman <laughs> right but you know she like she talks like this and she's kind of like masculine i think that's like her like teacher i kind of side kind of a southern accent when that was good that, was, that like, was weird i i think that's like her teacher side yeah you yeah know? maybe you know it's like you're when you see your teacher and like in the wild like in real life you're like whoa Miss Warren eats at Sizzler too. <laughs> I I went back to Jersey last summer for like a friend's thirtieth, and we were all partying, and our old gym teacher was there. Really? Yeah, it was weird. We we're like, oh my god, is that? Do you see? Do you see who that is? See? It was a weird feeling that we were all adults out in the wild. Mm. Um, so you love Warren, is what I'm assuming, Sam. <sighs> I think I like Warren, yeah. Okay. I I like what she has to say about equity, and um, she's a big uh, consumer advocate. She's big on, like, how we get fucked over by the banks um, and how student loan debt affects people. And I think when you really get to the economics of it, that's how you can unite all people. But what, let's uh, let's talk about you for a minute. Let's uh so when you when you do your meditation classes and stuff, mm-hmm. do you um do you like kind of do the we're all let's all get together consciousness vibe? Do you do a little pep talk before? Or how does it work? How does it work? And what do you actually do? Like what is your <laughs> what is your title? There it is. Yeah. Um, Hold on, backtrack. <laughs> understand what do you actually do so short story is i embody wellness um long story is i am a yoga teacher meditation teacher i am a sound healer i am a health and wellness coach i'm a massage therapist Uh, i'm a birth doula which instantly makes me an advocate for black maternal care Mm -hmm. um so yeah, those are generally my my things. I guess you can say of what I do. Well, those are beautiful things. We, uh, <laughs> Shanae actually uh, worked on a cannabis and yoga event with us. And oh yeah, she did an excellent job. Um, it was so calming. Yeah, beautiful and like what it was really nice about it was it wasn't like the um, 
the combination of cannabis and the practice wasn't like phony. It wasn't like, hey, let's get high and then do some yoga. It like really felt like it was purposeful. Yeah. And there was like you, intention behind because it. Because of you, I think. Yeah. You like really set the tone and really yeah. made it purposeful. And it was a challenging class. High. I think it was my first time doing yoga high. When did you first start using cannabis and why? Um, well, I started when I was probably around 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen like just my sister and my best friend using it and instantly I started to use it, of course. Um, they struggled with, well, my best friend kind of struggled with bipolar depression, so... Mm-hmm. I notice how it made her feel when she did smoke. And I kind of struggle with my own anxiety. So it kind of did the same thing for me and just calming down my nervous system and just allowing me to be more present and all those beautiful things. Um, So time went on. Of course, I moved to New York um, and I experienced my first anxiety attack on a train. Actually, the L train. Oh, on the L train? Get out of here. An anxiety (laughs) attack? Um, so if you know anything about I'm laughing York, like I know I'm like oh yeah the L train hate it <laughs> you can only imagine how it is but I have friends. heard the sentiment about the L train so from pop culture reference I get it guys personally no um, so yeah New York was just it's a lot it's high yeah, energy definitely. you know so it just I had my first anxiety attack I didn't understand it and I wanted to find a method that was natural of course so I started to go to meditation, and then, of course, naturally, I combined my meditation with cannabis use. Um, typically, people say no, um, but to me, it helps me in such a drastic way, and there's tons of research about cannabis being used for yogis 3,000 years ago. Wow. So this is a practice that is beyond me, I guess you can say. So to use CBD with meditation practice, like I said, it heightens your awareness. Um, It, of course, allows you to be more present, connect deeply, um, just become more grounded. And it stimulates, of course, your parasympathetic system, which is responsible for healing. Uh, So it's so many benefits. I know. <laughs> We're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, the paramystic system. <laughs> yes. I thought That's... I was just getting high. Uh-huh. Little did I know. <laughs> yes. So, um, so many things. Um, of course, hormones and balancing and homeostasis and all those beautiful things. I just felt that instantly. So I just combine it with my practice all the time. And I'm a huge advocate for using CBD as well as THC uh, for your practices. Uh, you should use it, I guess, with caution because I don't use a heavy indica before I go to a hot yoga class. Right, right. Just, I don't think I could smoke before hot yoga at all. Well, I think can. it's important, like you said, it's like to know what works for you and yeah. what strains and going out there and kind of experimenting and, you know, not every strain or moment's going to be like the right thing when it comes to cannabis. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we talked about this. I like to use the alcohol anal- analogy a lot. Mm. Like, I really think it's because a lot of people are like, oh, there's so many strains. Like, do they really do different things? Like, well, when I drink, you know, a martini is much different than when I drink two margaritas. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, right. Mama's ready to party with those margaritas. Right. You know, so I think it's the same way with cannabis strains. But, I, I, no, I think, think that's a great analogy because it's like the same thing. It's like, I might be able to drink like, 
two margaritas and be fine or tequila is fine for me but the vodka and a martini you know it's like yeah. if for everybody it's different but here is like a generalized guideline for what works for most people mm-hmm. which i think is important for people to use or go into like their cannabis use with and there are the tried and true strains that i like blue dream is my favorite mm-hmm. and i i I can smell, I know what a blue dream smells like. So if it's if mislabeled or like, you know, a shitty grower or whatever, I can tell. But that's basically it. I can't do that with a lot of other strains. Do it with some. I really like stuff that has like a blueberry strain. But anything like that, like kind of more sweet. And mm. I also kind of like more of a like, a, like musky kind of smell to my cannabis. Mm. Like earthy kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those are like the two things that like when I'm smelling something like oh yeah, I'm probably going to like this and enjoy the high because I'm partial to the smell or like attracted to the smell. Or any, at least that's what works for me. Any notes for you? Any cannabis smells you enjoy? You know, I tried so many different techniques and none of them are consistent. Like mm-hmm. I would go and smell different, um, you know, cannabis and asking, of course, what is the higher percentage in THC and trying to base it off of that from the texture of it if it's sticky if it's not sticky if the smell is a certain smell if it's not a certain smell but none of those really were true for me Mm -hmm. um usually i do go off of the percentage because yeah the characteristics just never really follow through for me right um but i do think it is important to see what you're drawn to and if it is smells then that works for yeah and i think i think a lot of probably for us sammy is like the smells that we're attracted to are like those specific terpenes in the in the flower yeah you know and like different terpenes have different you know qualities that they bring you know they can help with pain or sleep or appetite or things like that um and i'm definitely trying to do more research and learn more about terpenes Uh, but i think it's just again interesting that there's so much more there's cannabis is just so um vast and then the things that it can do and we're just we're just beginning to really study it yeah the things from a scientific standpoint the way you can utilize it the things it can do for you as far as the public knows yeah exactly as far as the public knows um yeah it's just such a beautiful thing so it's like it's hard because sometimes you have something that's so great for you Mm -hmm. you know like oh this is like a remedy it cured this for me blah 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 and then you you give it to a friend and it doesn't work for them and then you feel kind of still like i thought this was so great but really what it is they have to just find which is just best for their overall endocannabinoid system and their body and just going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, where can we find your classes? Uh, so on my website is where I post all my classes, um, but I do mainly private sessions, of course, in L.A. Um, but I teach at the Den every week. So I'm there every Thursday and Sunday, uh, 6 o'clock. Tell us what your website is. Yeah, it's uh, sharaniahouse.com. Sharaniahouse.com. Yes. And what does Sharanya mean? Sharanya means the one who shelters uh, spiritual refugees. So it was a name given to me by my teacher. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So it's special to me. Yeah. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. We have so many spiritual refugees in the world right now. (laughs) I was one. <laughs> You're, yeah. You did a sound bath too at the end of yoga, I remember. Yeah, it was so awesome. I do sound, sound baths are so, with my meditation. I do remember that. Oh, I sound baths are worth it, you yeah. know. Like, they're easy to kind of 
ridicule, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, a sound bath. Mm-hmm. But it helps you slow down. You feel good after them. Yeah. Especially if everybody in the room, too, is like committed to that, it. Yeah, yeah, getting to that place. It makes such a difference if, you know. Because it's the similar thing like cannabis. It alters your state of consciousness. Same right. thing with meditation. So, yeah, I mean, it's tremendous effects on your cells, your bones, your tissues. Um, yeah, so many benefits. Just, uh, you know, we're a, we're almost at the end. And thank you, Shanae, for hanging with us. And before we go, we want to talk about our uh, Queen of the Week. Queen of the Week. Queen of the Week. It's the queen of the week. Mm, our queen of the week. Our queen of the week. None other than John Stewart. Mm-hmm. I really miss John Stewart being on TV all the time. I was really sad when he left. And it took me a long time to warm up to Trevor Noah. But I still don't. I would watch The Daily Show every day. Mm. No, I do not. I really like John Stewart. But I, I've heard from like clippets of the snippets of the Daily Show back in the day. Uh, the the nine eleven fund was like very close to his heart. Yeah. And so, if for those of you who don't know, John Stewart went before Congress, and um, he is pushing for uh, an extension for money on the um, re- the nine eleven res- first responders uh, bill to help their health care because um, uh, an uh an exponential or like a a majority of them have cancer and and it just it's it's from the debris right you know it's from and breathing that air breathing that air as long as they did and uh his speech was so impassioned and like you could tell he was at the end of his rope he like is so sick of dealing with this well his speech is what politics should be about Something that is so important and moves you to a point like I have to represent a whole group of people. And that's what that's what I felt when I was watching. He was pleading to them like, how can you ignore what is happening right now? And when he looked at them, I can't remember the last line he said, but when he but basically it was like shame, shame on you. You know, no, he said, you they 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 did their job. And now I'm asking you to do yours. Mm -hmm. I was like, John. Yes, tell them because they just sit there and people they get so numb to things that they forget like this is your job. Your job is to find out what's happening with the American people mm-hmm. and do the right thing and help us to be better so we can prosper and be the best. Mm-hmm. We're not the best because we say we're the best. We're the right. best because we we all do what we can to make you the best. And this is the problem with Trump basically is like saying like, you know, we have military we're the best we're like it's it's a lie and it only makes america worse like well, john superficial. Stewart, yeah it's, super, it's so superficial it, it is much more damaging yeah accountability than, is about seeing the good and yeah. the bad mm-hmm. you can't be better if you don't take a moment and realize what's wrong with what's happening like how can we like you said it's not the symptom it's the cause mm-hmm. so what's the cause what's happening and so I just think it was really amazing that he's been fighting for this for so long and, and he hasn't like left, you know, this, these people and that he really, I mean, put it all out there and made them fucking do their job. He said that the average respond time was five seconds. Can you imagine? That's I can't. nuts. The worst part is though, the worst part is that they're, they're used as such like a, 
uh, patriotic tool, you know, mm, as he said, propaganda. like a political prop, like as yeah. he's saying that, you know, you congressmen and women, like you're the ones on 9-11, you tweet about them and you, you know, have bumper stickers and you mm. talk about them in speeches, but you're not actually going to help them. Right. It's fucked up. And then, okay, so and this leads us to our crazy old kook of the week. It's the crazy old kook of the week. Why you gotta be so fucking crazy? And Jon Stewart, I mean, as head of the Senate, he blamed Mitch McConnell, basically. And he was like, I've, we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. And uh, he, he blocks so many things that help people, like legislation for aid and for healthcare and stuff that he... It's not just Mitch, like it's not just Mitch McConnell's right. fault, obviously, but you know he's spearheading the block, and uh, and Mitch McConnell was very like snide about it, right? He's like, oh, I don't know what he's getting so worked up about, or something. He's basically he's a dick, and he's always crazy. He's pure evil, and his wife Elaine Chow, um, just uh, like violated what was it? What's the thing when you have to put something in a blind trust? It's the Trump people, the Trump uh, family had to do it, but they didn't. So basically when she became um, secretary of transportation, they're supposed to divest out of um, like stocks or companies they have money in once they're working for the public and the public mm-hmm. sphere. And she just sold a bunch of stock from a company that was supposed to be in a blind trust. She had, she doesn't go by Elaine McConnell. I know her as Elaine Chow, basically. Hmm. I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just surprised that yeah. Mitch McConnell would have a wife that doesn't go by McConnell. Not she's that like, I'm against her going by, what was her, Chow? Chow, yeah. She's um, just as evil as him. So I don't know. I just but think. But usually, like you said, it's something that happens along their path. Right. I mean, little kids, but some may. I mean, I would generally say that little kids, they don't just come out <laughs> like evil monsters. No, I don't think they come out. Like, yeah, but. yeah, you're right. Maybe it was something even when they were just a baby that happened. I don't know. I just think. <laughs> I just, I but even know, generationally, you know, yeah. a woman, her womb carries so much DNA that's and true. information just from that. That's and true. And that's why I think it's so important for women to tell our story, to share our story, and to be the ones that are now stepping up. It's like enough of the masculine energy. We need mm. more feminine energy in every spectrum from politics to you know yeah everything we need more feminine energy more compassion more empathy we need more of that we crave that right you know bill bill maher's last episode um yeah guys i love i love bill maher <laughs> <laughs> uh he he does a new rule segment at the end where he kind of preaches about something mm-hmm. and uh, he was saying how the uh the Democratic Party needs to be the the single mom party, like the party of the single mom. He's like, he he said he did a really good. He was like, you know, the Republicans were the dad party. Like we fix things, we care about security, mm-hmm. and the Democrats were like the mom party, like welfare, care, nurturing. He's like, fuck being just the mom. Now you got to be the single mom. He's right. like, you got to get shit done. Mm-hmm. You got to be caring, but also tough. You know. Right. And I thought that was a really good. I'm like, um, like I like that branding. Like I love it. I'm Obviously, like it's a single balance. mom. Life. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I was like single mom life too. I'm like, yeah, those bitches are tough. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I feel like when women do get into higher powers, they kind of lose that softness to them, and it's like literally all the women you see. Well, it's like they, assimilation, right? Yeah, they you know? have to become like these stern, and then it like and then that continues. gets <laughs> and that gets used against them, like for Hillary, right? Yeah. So she became more tough and. 
I'm not going to take your shit. And then you're like, well, like, look at this bitch. I hate that. It's like, mm-hmm. look at this bitch. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look at this bitch owning shit. <laughs> okay. Fuck you and your little bitch assness. Sorry. <laughs> Can't stand it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but well, even women, don't yeah. we make ourselves feel small? I mean, yeah. we know exactly. society has their own right ideologies on us but how many times do we allow ourselves to feel small when we enter a room especially around yeah. men yeah um around different you know ethnicities but a lot of these times we have to even check ourselves it's true am i stepping in my own power you know and i feel that with a woman candidate and maybe that's why you love Warren. Warren yeah but i didn't feel that from her I I feel like in the in the weeks and months to come, you'll be seeing her okay. more and more and you'll be hearing what she has to say. But like, who knows? You know, who else would... I would love to see... I mean, like, a Warren Harris ticket would be supreme, I think. But like, I don't really know... Like, I don't really know what VPs do. Because I want... Yeah. I want whoever so the, the VP to be, like, to do some cool stuff. Because I like a lot of the... I like a lot of the candidates. That's why I, think I just want a two-woman ticket. I mean, I would, yeah. sounds fucking great. It's like, you know that, you know, well, you know how like losing your femininity like that, uh, you guys watch that documentary on HBO about that Silicon Valley chick uh-uh. who did Thanos, the fake blood machine or whatever. What? And dude, it's a good, she like, she like talks like this the whole time. And she's like very, uh, like masculine. What and did she do about blood? She created this machine. This is a huge spoiler alert. So I'm just like, okay, well, don't say it then. You can tell me off. Pod. I don't want to ruin people's okay moments, but she did some crazy shit pretending. But like a lot of her, she was very. She painted herself in a very masculine mm-hmm. kind of Silicon Valley, you know, tech bro way. Was, like wore the same thing every day, like black every every day, and like had a lot of uh, masculine stances and like her vo- like her vocal, her speech patterns, and is that how she had always been? I don't know. I'm just curious if it was like a choice to like again assimilate. Maybe into from like, an early age. Her, you no, know, maybe she's like before she like went there. She was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> what's <know>? up? <laughs> I don't know. What's up, Silicon it's, Valley? I mean, it's true. It's like have you ever? I was reading some meme or saw something the other day. I was talking to somebody. I can't remember, guys. Sorry, but um, about how like when you hear your friends like work voice, you know, like mm-hmm. like oh hello hi can I, this is Tiana. How can I help you? And they get off the phone. They're like oh that's stupid fucking bitch or something, <laughs> right? Like who are you? That's not you. So like. There's certain things sometimes you just you shift the way you are certain things yeah. because you notice or see that it it advances you or gives you a leg up. And I'm sure women have to do easier. that more so than men. Like I'm, men do it obviously, but like I'm I sure think women. everybody has to do yeah. it depending on where they're at or who they're with. And kind of like you said, if they're harnessing their power or not, mm-hmm. if they're putting themselves down, like sometimes it feels easier to fit in versus feeling like you stand out or are different Mm -hmm. even though your differences make you valuable to that group Mm -hmm. it's not as easy to like shine on them if people aren't so receptive no but that's life that's the journey yeah that's the journey (laughs) anything else you want to talk about t I think this has been intense. We've talked a lot about the college debt. I love to hear about that. Oh yeah, Warren has a. She's big on reducing college debt. I. Oh my god, I know I'm like such a Warren mouthpiece. <laughs> uh, by the way, 
Well, I think with Yang's freedom dividend, like, I don't know. I'm going to just be sure with you guys. Um, I don't have that much college debt, but I have a lot. Like, I think 14, I'm at 14K, but I know, see, that's what I'm saying. People give me that. They're like, oh, that's not bad, but I still don't want to be 14K in debt. Like, you know, you shouldn't be 14K in debt. Well, I think it wasn't the thing you sent us, Sammy, about the Treasury Department is Mm -hmm. recommending mandatory financial literacy courses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, like, instead of, like, you know, making things reasonably priced and paying you reasonably wages, we're going to teach you how to manage the tiny amount of money that you can make to pay for the crazy amount of things we're going to charge you for. I know. I thought about that, too. I think that financial literacy is very important, and I wish yes, I... Like, I like I like what they're doing, but it's still, it's, once again, it's a fucking... It's, it's not, not gonna, the cause. It's not going to be... It's like, a symptom. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to be the type of financial literacy that's going to teach you how to, like, amass wealth and, like, change things. It's going to teach you the way to manage the debts that you are going to incur. Unless, which I think the big mistake is, usually public schools, they don't teach us. Well, I went right. to public school. But yeah, no, they, they didn't, didn't educate us, us yeah. about that. So if we are taught these things at a younger age, you know, we can completely learn how to manage finances later down the line. Yeah. And, and that's the key. Like, why would you wait until I have the disease to right. help me <laughs> with and, the symptoms? And Steve Mnuchin, who's the Secretary of Treasury, his fucking wife takes pictures with money. You know, I just the way things have gone in this world, I just don't buy that they're really trying to like, again, I think it's more about managing the debt they're going to give you versus mm-hmm. creating financial success for yourself. I do. I mean, I do think it's a step in the right direction yeah, for at least a lot of people who are I dealing would, with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm defending it. I'm defending the idea. I don't know how it will be implemented. I just don't trust the, the source. But yeah, then you have the sucks. billionaire who Robert Smith, who created the fun at Morehouse to oh wipe out God. the now, debt? For see, him. now Amazing. that's something like it's effective. You're yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No empty promises. So we need more people like that. Right. I mean, if we kind of ride that wave and really speak out, because you shouldn't be in debt. That's... But where's this money going? A lot of these places hmm. are nonprofit. Right. <laughs> so where is the money going? They're privately funded. Where is the 80,000 times 50,000 students going? It's so true. Where is the, it going? The teachers aren't making that much money as professors. Where is the money going? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Shanae. It was a real pleasure to have you. It was a nice balance. I feel like, you know, it's like when we got really hot, you came there with us, but then you're also like, okay, guys, now we can come back down. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you didn't fight. You didn't fight our rage. You just let us rage. You're like, all right, valid. <laughs> and you're like, okay, but let's not stay there. Let's not live there. That's what I really appreciate. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, again, thank you for joining us. For another episode of Highly Political. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And follow us on Instagram at, at highly underscore political. And yoga with Shanae. And yoga with Shanae. Yes. Is that your Instagram handle? At- That's my Instagram and okay. Facebook. At yoga with Shanae. And um, we, have, we have some comments on iTunes. Give us a little comment. We love Bye. them. Bye. Bye.